Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Welcome back to the big show. It's Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. This is Def Leppard. It is. Def Leppard, yeah. That's the song that Reed was talking about as top five that always intros yep. the second hour. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a pretty cool track, I'll tell you. Def Leppard in town tonight at Rogers Place. Uh, Reed, of course, going to Def Leppard. If Def Leppard is in an earshot or not of Reed Wilkins, he finds a way to get there. This is the 12th time that uh, Reed has seen his favorite band. And concert. he makes fun of us for being wrestling fans, Davey. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So, anyway, to each their own. Yep. And Reed's own is pretty good with Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Our own is great. Yep. Coming up this half hour, do the Oilers deserve an F- minus for their work in free agency this year? <laughs> what? Yeah, we'll explain that in a moment. Uh, bottom of the fourth inning. Going to the bottom of the fourth inning in Kansas City, the Royals lead the Blue Jays by a score of one to nothing. Cal, uh, not Calvin Biggio, he's in the lineup. I mean, Bo Bichette is in the lineup tonight. His first ever Major League Baseball game. So you got Bo Bichette playing shortstop. Biggio is playing third base. You got uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. in the outfield. So that's three of the best top, uh, prospects the Jays have, and probably three of the best prospects, if not the best prospects in all of baseball. Why not? It's been a terrible year for the Jays. You might as well get your your three hotshot players in the lineup. There is also talk, too, that uh, I forget the fellow's name, but he's a pitching prospect with the Jays, and I think he's like 14th out of all the MLB prospects ranked this year and that stuff. But he could be making a appearance as soon as next week or so, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, interesting. So mm-hmm. you might as well. You might as well have a glimpse of the future. And the only worry I guess you have is if the big leagues are too big for them. Uh, so far, uh, it hasn't affected Vlad Guerrero Jr. because he's still up. Setting and, records at the All-Star yeah, game for yeah, the home run derby. Yeah, so. yeah he's going to be okay. <laughs> so same with Biggio, same with Bichette. So a few years we're going to be talking about the Jays being probably a formidable, formidable team. All right, so... What am I talking about with the Oilers being graded an F minus? It's, it's, you know, I mean, how seriously do we take this stuff? Well, enough that we talk about it. There you go. Uh, Brendan Escott joins us uh, from Oilers Now on uh, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer from noon until 2. Of course, Brendan handled sports this afternoon on 630 Ched, and he joins us now. Brendan, thanks for hanging out. I'm doing excellent, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you uh, hanging out, and I don't know, did you ever get an F- minus in, in any of your courses in high school or, or college? or? Oh, it was, uh, if I didn't come home with A's, my dad would lock me in the closet, so I didn't even know you could get an F-. minus. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I bring this up, the reason I bring this up, um, this is from an article from uh, David Staples from the Edmonton Journal. Um, who blogs about a bunch of Oilers stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so this really caught my eye. The headline says Edmonton Oilers get an F-minus grade from their, for, for their GM work this year from NHL Network commentator. Now, the commentator, is his name is Jim Boomer Gordon. 
He was on uh, host of the Point and Face Off, two NHL Network shows on Sirius XM. Never heard of him. Never heard of the shows. Um, an F minus. Wow, that's uh, that's bad. I didn't even know you could get an F minus. No, uh, honestly, Dave, the fact that neither you nor I know who this is, nor what his shows are, I think that speaks volumes. I, yeah. That was just silliness. That's shock value. That's somebody who's who's basing an opinion off of a of the Oilers' reputation over the past decade or so, how could you possibly look at what Ken Holland's done to restructure and say that's an F minus? Yeah, I, I think it might be too early, at, even at this point, to even give him a grade. Mm-hmm. But if you were to give him a grade, what would you give him? Right now, after the James Neal trade, knowing what had to fall into place to make that happen, I, I say we've got a B. And the only reason that I, I don't want to give it an A, um, I'm very pro reset what he's done in in terms of resetting the whole culture and that's not even just on the ice that's people off the ice too it's been a grand change what i would have liked to seen is maybe a little bit splashier of a move uh james neal was a great ad but i know there's other players on cap strap teams i think Mm -hmm. of nikolai ehlers a lot out of winnipeg and and if he was able to land someone like that there's your a grade from me Mm -hmm. maybe i'm biased but i'm giving holland a b right now because i like where we're at at this point that's what I would give him too. I before the Lucic trade for James Neal, I would have probably given him a C, mm-hmm. and I think it was a strong C because it's so hard to know what you need or what should be done. You know what what a, a new GM should do, even as experienced as Ken Holland is with a team that was kind of you know cap strapped. And what did he do? Well, he you know he bought out Andre Sekera, which was kind of an out of left field. Uh, type of move, so mm-hmm. that helped create more more cap space. He signs uh, Granlin, who could be a good third line center option. Uh, I thought uh, the Archibald move, Josh Archibald, yes. was a, a nice you know grit and sandpaper type move for the bottom six, and maybe he can pot you. Well, I'll say twelve to fifteen. I was going to say. T- I'll go 12 to 15. Sure. And James Neal, you know, I I thought that was a bit of a coup right now. You know, you got rid of a terrible contract. It's funny, in, in this grading system, uh, the Flames get a B. Um, I, again, it's hard to... St- to, to give uh, Jim Boomer Gordon any credibility uh, <laughs> after after an F-, but it's funny because the Oilers unload a terrible contract and right. everyone knows it's a terrible contract. The Flames pick up a terrible contract and they got they'll argue that they got rid of a bad one, but uh, it's funny how they got a B. But uh, I think after the James Neal trade, I'm going, no, I, I, that's a, that's amazing work to get rid of that contract for Milan Lucic and get someone that you possibly can put in your lineup and he might score you at 25 goals. And it doesn't set the roster any further back than it was uh, given what he inherited in the first place, Dave, which wasn't a whole lot. So rather than having to sell the farm or ship a bunch of prospects out, he gets rid of that problem contract. And if you don't think it's a problem, if you don't think that this trade was good for Edmonton, just look at what Calgary had been saying about acquiring Milan Lucic because I don't think think that fan base was very happy about it at all no. and that's another thing that should just tell you everything that you need to know i think ken holland got the better of brad trey living in that deal i think the fan base believes that but the bottom line like you mentioned right off the top how can you judge anything until we actually see them on the ice yeah yeah that's the all that, that's the thing about off-season moves that you have to really proceed with caution as we enter the actual season and sometimes it doesn't even pan out or you can't even make a, a proper judgment that season so it'll be interesting to see what happens as brendan escott joins us producer of oilers now here on 6 30 joining me tonight on 6 30 inside sports i have a question for you what's up so we're approaching august here 
So around mid-August, late August, you know, maybe into early September, but in that time period, about a three-week period, is there going to be some PTO signed here by Ken Holland, you think? Like a la Alex Chase on last year? I would like to think that we'll see someone like Scotty Upshaw get another look here. I know he was on the radar last year. And it just never materialized for him. He got bitten by the injury bug. I'm not sure who else you look at giving a PTO to, but they certainly could use some depth down the middle. And I'm looking at anybody that you could possibly bring in as a third-line center. They did that in the in the way of the European Gaetan Haas out of Switzerland. But if you listen to people talk about uh, his game and how they've seen him play, no one seems to be really confident that he's going to be able to step into the NHL immediately. So that leads me to believe that there's still some work to be done, particularly down the middle on this roster. So I don't know who that's going to be. I think Scotty Upshaw is the logical fit, being a Fort McMurray boy, but we'll see where they go with it. Overall, and I was entertained by the conversation at earlier on Oilers Now with uh, Jack Michaels, voice of the Oilers uh, with, with Bob Stoffer. There's some flexibility here with some players. Like everyone's slotting James Neal on, on the left side well it could be on the right side right <laughs> which and mm-hmm. and do you have the big three play on all the top six or do you spread them out and have one play on the third line I, I found those two very interesting yeah I think it, just in my own personal perspective you've got to be able to spread the scoring out uh, I, I'm on the side of you keep McDavid and Dreisaitl together given what they produced over this past season I think a madman would want to separate them <laughs> but uh, but you look at getting Nuge some help and whatever side James Neal ends up playing on to have a bonafide second line with a couple guys who are able to put the puck in the net don't forget that Nuge is coming off a career year as well uh I'm just curious to see where the help is going to be for that top unit and, and yeah. so to that end I'd like to see Neil on a different line Brandon thanks buddy appreciate it Dave Brandon Escott the producer of 630 Chet Oilers now on 630 Chet part of our 630 Chet sports department you hear Bob uh, from noon until two on uh on 630 Chet weekdays and full disclosure the uh the grade was based on the work in season as well including off season so i think i think uh i think mr boomer was bored so i don't think you can include ken holland's work with peter shirelli's work peter shirelli's work yeah probably deserves an f ken holland's work so far i'd give it a solid b now that probably would include the draft and i know you've been waiting for this Kellen. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. So June 21st was the opening round of the draft. June 21st was also an Eskimos-Lions game. I think we did a simulcast that night. Mike Riley sacked 12 times. Only seven of them counted. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. So the uh, Oilers draft Swedish defenseman uh, Philip Roberg. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't lose it in the booth. I went, "Ah, I don't like this pick. I don't like this pick. I like the pick. I still kind of don't like it, but I'm a little bit better with it now. Um, and and you would like to tell me why this was a good pick. Well, I like the pick uh, just due to the fact that Holland has experience with working with these stud uh, Swedish defensemen. There's a guy that's, if he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame, probably will end up in the Hockey Hall of Fame one day, Nick Lidstrom, yeah. that is a derivative of Holland and that entire scouting crew bringing him in into uh, Detroit and that stuff. And just look at the defensemen that Detroit have brought into the league and even the defensive forwards from Sweden. Yeah. They Nick have Ron a Wall tap and, over yeah. there. Or Holland has a tap over there just to bring Swedish players in that I yeah. think are, you know, other departments or, sorry, other uh, teams, I guess, would be 
would die to have that type of pipeline, I think. Okay, if he can turn out, if Broberg can turn out to be that type of player, Mm -hmm. then this was a total win. But if he can kind of be that stabilizer, be what Oscar Clefbaum is when healthy, but maybe... I'm totally cool with that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. The reason I kind of went nuts is because there was... Uh, or wasn't a big fan of the pick is because I looked at all the forwards that were available, especially mm. from the U.S. development program. I look at a guy like Cole Caulfield, who was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens, and yes, he's undersized, whatever. But you know, he's got some jam to his game. He's a he's he's an excellent offensive uh, threat. But hey, that was before the Oilers mm-hmm. went out and got you know a guy like James Neal. So yep. maybe they have that guy already. And in, just to wrap up Neal. my earlier thought from earlier, Nate Pearson is the uh prospect from the Jays oh. I was thinking of. Yes, and uh there's a lot of smoke around him right now saying that he might be added to their starting rotation here in the latter part of the season and whatever, and maybe as early as next week. We'll wait and see. All right. But he's supposed to be really good, so. All right. Appreciate that, Kellen. Mm-hmm. It's coming up to 7:18. We'll set up the Eskimos coaches show with Jason Moss hosted by Morley Scott next. Twenty on six thirty Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins. Def Leppard's in town. Tesla on stage now at Rocket. There you go. This is Rocket. Mm-hmm. This is in my top five for sure. Love this song. Hysteria is one of the best albums ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. I will run with that one. I will run with that comment. I have this one on vinyl. I just picked it up on vinyl about. Ooh like a year or so ago. Nice work. Awesome. It's like a double album type thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a double LP. Nice work. Nice work. A couple of CFL notes from today. The Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh, man. Tough injury last Friday and that win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Bombers, their first loss of the season. The Tiger Cats lose Jeremiah Mosoli for the season. Torn ACL in his left knee. So there was word. The Tide Cats are going to sign a veteran quarterback. Everyone goes, oh, Darian Durant. Oh, Kevin Glenn. No, it's David Watford. And if you say who, I don't blame you. Uh, David Watford played 18 games for it. Well, dressed for 18 games last season with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, yeah, he threw, he threw some. Uh, only 168 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, it looks like Dane Evans. Well, Dane Evans will get the start on Thursday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Rookie quarterback Hayden Moore is also on the roster. I don't think it's a tough injury. Devastating injury for the Ticats, but I don't think they're off the creek with Dane Evans. I think there's some there's some uh, definite uh, upside with him. And the Argos have signed veteran linebacker Bear Woods to the practice roster. Missed all of last season because of injuries and uh, had a herniated disc. So... Only played uh, one or played a handful of games. Had 29 tackles over four games. Had 90 defensive tackles, two sacks in the 2017 Grey Cup year. This text comes in from John. Dave, I literally have no idea what's going to happen in the Eskimos game on Saturday. Could be close. Could be a blowout for either team. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> 
Well, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it, Morley Scott? Anything could anything could happen on Saturday when the Eskimos play the Stampeders. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's the first time. They haven't won in Calgary since 2015, right? Late in the season in 2015. Yeah. Uh, then they really haven't had a chance. Well, they were only a couple points at Labor Day game last year, right? Yeah, that was a good game. A uh, real good game. Then they came Finally. back and won the rematch <laughs> game. But, uh, yeah, it's the first time, I think... Uh, Fans who go to the game in Calgary drive down the highway thinking, yeah, we got a real good chance to win this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially the way Calgary's going. And I mean, you don't take anything away from, from the way the Eskimos are playing or are going to play, but uh, Calgary's got some issues with, uh, with a lot of injuries. They lost a few more guys in their game. We haven't heard uh, status updates yet on guys like Juwan Breskison and, and people like that. We know Bo Levi Mitchell's out. So, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be a good game. Doesn't matter who's playing. It's still Calgary-Edmonton, right? No question about it. No. Eskimos coming off that 26 nothing win over the Toronto Argos. Great defensive performance again. Special teams overall was pretty good. The offense, better. I'd say better. They had over 400 yards of offense. I'm kind of in this boat, and I'm trying to fight out of it, where it kind of left me with a bad taste and left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouth off, you know, from, from an offensive standpoint. Is that a little silly or a little over... I guess, I don't know what the word is. They could have scored four touchdowns so in that tw- game. So winning by 26, was it enough for you? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, no, I, it was good. Just, you know, they set, they they stalled in the red zone twice. They had a fumble. They had to settle for four field mm-hmm. goals, which is fine. Had another turnover in the red zone, which was called back. Right. You know, so, but I do think it was a step forward. But it's just, they, out of every phase, I thought that was the most frustrating phase. Well, only uh, because the they could have scored more. Right. Right. They they scored more than enough, but they could have scored more. And I, I think I'm you know, I'm gonna address that with the coach tonight on the coach's show coming up after the news at seven thirty. But uh the red zone issues. They're they're last in the league. How does yeah. a team that what they're I don't know if they're still first in in, in first down uh or second down conversion, they're first in yards. Uh, how does a team that has so many positive offensive numbers have such a negative offensive number in the red zone yeah it's a no man's land for them right now Mm -hmm. you know and there there's two things that are with the offense that kind of taint the year red zone issues short yardage issues the short yardage issues were better but then again you fumble at the one yard line but Shaq cooper had a good game despite all of the the couple of trouble spots he had yeah he recovered from a couple of fumbles really well did they call that a fumble on the pass i'm not sure uh, uh, they, on the, on the, they did. Yeah, so they he did. does get he does credit for two fumbles, but uh, he had a lot of pressure on him too coming into that situation. And he, yeah. you know, 128 yards on the ground and a touchdown, another 40 some in the air. He did exactly what he did last year at this time when he came in for C.J. Gable too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny, you know, you, you get greedy, right? Yeah. Everybody's greedy. <laughs> they want more points. They got enough points to win, and winning's yeah. what it's all about. And, and you know, as Craig McTavish used to always say back in the day, don't critique the wins too much. No. You know, you want to you, you want to get as much as you can. You want to get as many wins as you can. You want to play well, but you can't critique the wins too much because that's what it's all about, wins and losses, right? Yep, all good points. Four that being and... said, they need to score more points, though, when they get the opportunity. Uh, yes. And against a team other than Toronto and maybe other than B.C., they'll have issues with that. Yeah, no question about it. Look forward to the Coach's Show, Eskimos Coach's Show with Jason Moss coming up after the news. Thanks, Morley. You bet. Reed Wilkins back in the big chair. Hopefully his hearing will be back to normal by 6.05 tomorrow night. <laughs> if you're going to Def Leppard, enjoy it. Um, 
it was fun to be in the chair again. I'll be back in three weeks when uh, Reed's on holiday, so look forward to that. Studio producers, Kelly Kennedy, my name is Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening tonight. Eskimos Kosher Show with Jason Moss, hosted by Morley Scott, on the way next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.